You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 43. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to the Her Money Matters podcast, or if you're tuning in for the first time, I appreciate you taking some time, picking those podcasts out of all the hundreds and thousands of podcasts uh, that there are out there for you to listen to. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but before I share more about her, I wanted to make sure to remind you that we have a community, a free community community over on Facebook, the Her Money Matters community, and you can join by simply going to jenhempill.com forward slash community or just searching Her Money Matters over on Facebook. So what you'll learn in today's episode is how this guest parent's way of paying kept her out of the debt trap. You will also learn why a $100 purchase was her best money spent and what the item is and how she manages her money without balancing the checkbook and what money lesson her father instilled in her that she is grateful she listened to. Let me share a little bit about Valerie Rind. Valerie Rind is the author of the award-winning book, Gold Diggers and Deadbeat Dad. Deadbeat Dads, True Stories of Friends, Family, and Financial Ruin. During a hiatus hiatus from her career as a corporate attorney, Ryan worked for a housing authority to create its pilot personal finance program for 500 low-income individuals. Under a pseudonym, she was a volunteer moderator for the MyFICO Community Forum. She writes about personal finance at ValerieRyan.com and contributes to other media outlets. And a sequel to The Gold Diggers and Deadbeat Dads is in progress. So make sure to look out for that. So let's not delay any longer and head over and meet Valerie. Welcome, Valerie, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. Well, Jen, it's great to be here. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Yes, likewise. So are you ready to go ahead and dive into the questions? I sure am. Fire away. Perfect. Well, I wanted to know, we already know a little bit on the, your professional side. We know you're you're actually a great writer. I, I've seen your stuff and it's just, I have to say, it's just so captivating is one of those things that you can keep on reading. Uh, so kudos to that. But I really want to know more about you on the personal side and maybe something that's unique about you that maybe you haven't shared uh, before and you're comfortable sharing. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for the nice words about uh, about my writing. Um, I sort of have uh, two facets to my life uh, during the day and evening. I'm a, a corporate attorney, um, and I, I took sort of a detour from that because I wanted to pursue a career in personal finance uh, for for the short term. So I set out and I developed a program for some low-income individuals in local housing authority, and I just loved that. I loved getting into something different and making a whole new program. 
Uh, and I did some other things. I was a moderator on the um, online forum uh, for uh, FICO, um, mm-hmm. people who make the score. Um, and uh, eventually I, I knew I'd get back, to, um, get back to the law, which is where I am now, although my practice has absolutely nothing to do with personal finance. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's in technology, completely different. Um, but, uh, uh, in the interim, I wrote a book called gold diggers and deadbeat dads, true stories of friends, family, and financial ruin. Um, which is how I think we first, um, got connected. I think you um, saw the book. That's awesome. And tell me, and how did you get to, uh, why did you want to write that book? What started that all? It started off because I had a personal experience and I thought, look, I can't be the only person on the planet who's made some kind of major mistake, right? I figure we've all made some mistakes along the way. And what I wanted to do was to show other people that they weren't alone if they had made um, some sort of uh, mistake with their money and also to keep other people from making mistakes. And I found out there were all kinds of people out there making all sorts of problems when they mixed their money with their friends and family. Right. Um, so that's uh, that's how it came about. Awesome. The, the more, uh, the sort of the longer I, I stick with this, the more people I hear from, people contact me through my blog and through email um, and sort of spill out their stories. And it's very gratifying when they say it's it's helped them in some way. Right. Well, I can only imagine all the stories that you get. That's awesome. And now let's go back uh, when you grew up. Tell us about how you grew up around money. Well, I grew up um, actually in an upper middle class family, but uh, my family had the mindset that you paid cash for things. Um, They didn't have car loans. um, So I had no real concept of debt, which I think was a good thing because that sort of kept me out of um, that trap later of getting into to credit card debt. Um, I do remember uh, my mother taught me how to balance a checkbook when I was in high school, and I think that was important to start learning those skill- skills then, although I think there should have been more education in, in school about um, personal finance in general. But that's a whole other debate we don't have to tackle tonight, whether it should be the parents or or it should be the school. But at least I had some basic uh, start of of what personal finance uh, entailed. Right. Well, tell us, uh, Valerie, how about what is the best money you've spent? Okay, the the, it's going to sound sort of funny, but the thing I'm happiest about my – Definitely the happiest money I've ever spent was on a warming pad for my bed because I'm very cold. Um, I live on the East Coast. The worst thing for me is to getting in is getting into bed in the winter into cold sheets. So I bought this bed warmer. I turn it on and I get into bed and it's nice and toasty. Oh, and it, it wasn't expensive. I don't know. Maybe it was a hundred dollars or something, but, um, I, I couldn't live without it in the winter because oh. that, that makes me happy. It makes me comfortable. It wasn't expensive. Right. Um, it's, it's paid for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that. Cause like you, I get cold very easily and we, uh, with the boys here, um, the only one that I'm gets cold so easily. So I try to keep that in mind when keeping the thermostat. So I, I just end up wearing a sweatshirt or a sweater or something to warm myself up or else 
they'll just be too hot. I would complain of being too hot. So right. that's how we, but I completely, especially in the winter time and the floors in the bathroom. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I hear that. So I, I, I agree that can be some good money spent and tell me a little bit about, um, what you're comfortable with, how you manage your money. Do you use a spreadsheet? Do you use a, uh, software or maybe a pencil? Just you tr- Are you more traditional in the sense of pencil and paper? Well, these days and for probably the last few years, I use uh, the program Mint, mint.com, okay. um, and I don't get any kind of <laughs> um, payment from them for, for endorsing them. It's just what I found uh, that works best. I like it because... Um, it pulls in all the information from my accounts in one place so I can see what I've charged on credit cards and what I've spent coming out of my checkbook and what's gone, what's gone in, um, as a paycheck or, um, book sales. And I don't even, I don't even have to go anywhere else. I'll go into my credit card statements just to make sure there aren't, um, uh, bad fraudulent charges showing up, but, um, I've pretty much centered all, all my um, uh, financial doings in Mint. And I have to say, I don't even balance my checkbook anymore. Okay, <laughs> I'm, sure, so. I'm sure my mother would be, you know, rolling in her grave somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, first of all, I don't write that many checks anymore anyway. Um, right. So it's so, not such a big deal. <laughs> so basically it's just Mint and you concentrate all your efforts in Mint. And how often do you go into Mint? I go into it, and I also use it for for budgeting as well. Mm-hmm. I go into it um, several times during the day, um, okay. partly because as, as great a program it is, um, you do have to recategorize things. For example, if I go out to dinner and I have a meal for, say, $25, it'll show restaurant $25. So I have that coded as restaurant. But then when the credit card bill comes in, it shows credit card bill $25. So I've already paid the $25, so I don't want to pay it twice. So I have to recode it as hide from budgets. So that's Uh kind of a pain to be sort of recharacterizing stuff. And um, I'm obsessive about having things right (laughs) anyway. So I'm in there um, definitely several times a day. Okay, perfect. And I know you mentioned you don't write checks uh, anymore or much anymore. Uh, what is your preferred method of payment? I know growing up, you heard a lot of paying cash, but do you use, and you, I know you've mentioned you use a credit card. So what is your preferred payment, cash, check, or credit? Oh, definitely credit. I use credit cards for everything. I pay them off in full. I like it because um, it's all in one place. It tracks back uh, to Mint. And uh, initially, I started using it for um, the cashback uh, feature. So I would actually get a small amount credited back each month uh, based on the amount that I had charged. Uh, recently, I just started doing what they call travel hacking, which is using mm-hmm. the cards where you get miles uh, depending on your spend, and then you can go uh, travel uh, for free. Um, so I, as I said, uh, rarely use checks. Cash I actually don't like because that just goes through my hands and I have no idea what I've spent. In fact, I have to remember to put it down and uh, in mint that I actually paid cash for something. I just find it harder to track um, when I when I use cash. 
Okay, perfect. And would you consider yourself a saver or a spender? I think I'm actually... Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I think I'm actually both. I mean, on one hand, I'm a disciplined saver uh, for retirement and goals. But on the other hand, I feel really strongly that you have to enjoy life also. I mean, you have to allow yourself uh, to do things and sometimes even to do things um, a little impulsively. Um, but kind of keeping it all in check. So I don't, I don't fall to one extreme or the other, or perhaps I fall to both extremes, but I balance it out somehow. Right. And I know you mentioned, I agree, you have to enjoy life. And how would you, and you mentioned, um, being able to spend impulsively, how do you manage that? Do you budget for those things or tell us a little bit about that? Um, well, I can't say the bed warmer was in my budget <laughs> specifically. Um, I had something. I had an opportunity come up recently that um, I couldn't have anticipated, uh, couldn't really have budgeted for, but it was something um, just truly compelling that I felt I couldn't. I couldn't miss out on. So it's something that'll just come out of my savings. The the savings I had that I had sort of earmarked for emergency savings. And it's certainly, it's not going to decimate the account. It, you know, it'll be a blip. Um, but it, it was something I felt strongly enough um, that it was worth investing in. Okay, perfect. And who would you say influenced you the most in the area of money? Uh, without a question, uh, that was my father. When I was um, uh, very, very young, uh, he would tell me, uh, a woman has to have a, a marketable skill. She can't rely on a husband to take care of her because the husband could leave her or he could die or, you know, they get divorced. So you, you, you can't rely on a man. And um, at the time, I just like any other advice your parents give you, you know, basically said, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> um, but uh turned out um, that he was absolutely right. And um, I was very glad that, that um, he inst instilled that in me. That's beautiful. And what other things, uh, it sounds like he's, he was a great man. What other, did he have any other conversations uh, around money with you or? Well, I think he, and that's maybe where I got the spender saver part from that okay. um, he um, and my mother as well, didn't spend a lot of money on cars. I mean, cars were just not something of interest to them. Um, they didn't have flashy cars. And of course, I was unhappy because I didn't get a nice car to drive around in. I mean, where I grew up, um, kids not only drew around in, in uh, flashy cars, they owned them. They were given cars for, <laughs> uh, for, for birthdays or whatever. Um, so, uh, my parents were, were not into that, not spending a lot of money. But on the other hand, they, they valued um, um, travel, okay. um, so they would take um, you know pretty uh, uh, extensive travel because um, they thought that was a worthwhile way to spend their money, and it might be uh, much bigger or more expensive trips than other people would take. But 
on the other hand, there weren't a, a couple of BMWs sitting in the garage. Right. So they prioritize their money spending on on travel versus the cars. Right. Very okay. much so. Perfect. And now I notice, I want to ask you if you're willing to talk about it. I noticed that there's another book in the works. Right, right. There's um, a sequel. I, I had sort of thought, okay, I'll write this book. Um, I'll be done. I'll move on to something else. Um, and I sort of didn't realize that there was going to be so much coming out of the first book that I would have the opportunity to do uh, wonderful podcasts like yours, Jen, <laughs> and um, speak with other people. And as I was saying before, um, people have been reaching out to me and I realized, oh, there's there's more stories to be told. And then I thought, well, why don't I go back to some of the original people and see kind of a where are they now? And I thought, oh, okay, well, if I can put all that together, there's a there's a sequel there. That is awesome. Yeah. And when about do you think, I mean, I know a book takes time. So when is uh, the time frame that you're thinking? Yeah, that's slated for uh, late 2016. Okay, that's exciting. That yeah, is exciting. It is. I never dreamed I'd write a second one. I mean, the first one was <laughs> such a pain. <laughs> you know, I, if I had known how much work it was going to be, uh, questionable whether I would have done it because people think you just sit down and write a book, and there's just a lot more to it. But it was actually a lot of fun. I liked the whole process since I self-published it. Uh, I liked being the the project manager. So I got to pick an editor and I picked a cover designer and um, I got to pull it all together. And that part of it, I was surprised that I really liked as well. Um, picking a team, uh, having the team work together and seeing the finished product was very exciting. Right. Well, I bet with pulling the different stories that you got to put, that's a lot of work. I mean, in itself, I, I can only imagine because you have to, pull these different stories that people gave you and you're compiling them in the book because that's what I understood. I, I have not read the book, but um, I can imagine how much work that is. Right. The hardest part was at the beginning was getting people to talk to me because I would say, mm -hmm. I'm writing this book and and, and so on. And uh, I was surprised anybody talked with me at all. I mean, because it was strangers right. as well. It wasn't just people that I knew. So I had to solicit total strangers to spill their guts about some very, very personal like, things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. About mm -hmm. you know, ways they had totally screwed up the way, uh, um, the way I had. So, um, I was, uh, uh, honored really that, that they would do so. Um, and it's much easier for me to find people now because I have this book I can point to and right. say, you know, Hey, I've done this. And, uh, I'm very, very, very careful about um, anonymizing uh, people. I change all the names. I change all the places, the professions. Uh, sometimes I change the gender of people, like if there's children involved, mm. you know, like a younger boy will become two older sisters or, or something like that because um, I'm just very um, conscientious to, to protect the, the identity of, of the people involved. Right. Um, all of them, not just the people who tell me the stories, but the people on, on the other side of the fence. Right. Because I'm only getting the story from one side. Um, I'm not an investigative journalist, so <laughs> I don't speak with the other people in the story who might have a different take on the whole thing. Right. I'm only taking it from one side. That, make, that makes sense. That makes sense. 
That's awesome. Well, Valerie, this has been uh, a treat. So as you know, this podcast is all about making money simple and taking control of it. How would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Because as my father said, you can't count on a husband to take care of you. Okay. Perfect. I love that. Well, I really, really appreciate you being here, Valerie. I will be sure to put those links of um, your book, but tell us in the show notes, tell us where is the best place for people to find you and learn more about you. Okay. Uh, my website is ValerieRind.com. It's R-I-N-D, uh, like watermelon. <laughs> uh, Facebook, I'm Valerie Rind. Twitter, I'm at Valerie Rind, Google Plus, Valerie Rind. <laughs> Everywhere Valerie easy. Rind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody sort of knows me as gold diggers and deadbeat dads, but uh, that was uh, too long a, a, U, a URL. Um, I actually do have, um, um, I do have the domain name, but it just defaults back to ValerieRind.com. Um, if you can't remember Valerie Rind, just Google gold diggers, deadbeat dads, and I'll probably come up <laughs> in the first hit. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you sharing all of that and I'll make sure to have that in the show notes. So thanks again, Valerie, for joining me uh, today. And I look forward to connecting with you soon. Right. It was great to talk with you, Jen. Likewise. Well, that was our interview with Valerie Ryan, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. One thing that really stood out for me in the interview with her was her parents' values. You notice that she mentioned that they valued trips, so they would pay good money for trips over BMWs, over fancy cars, and that's how they chose to spend their money. And I want to make sure that the message is clear here. Everyone is different. So if you, let's say, uh, choose the fancy cars over the trips, that's okay. That's your prerogative. Uh, that's your choice and that's completely okay. Just know what you value and build those financial goals around that. All right. So I want to really quickly give a quick shout out to Julie. She's one of our Fearless Money Sisterhood members, and she's made some huge progress on getting clear where her money was going, because that is something that she uh, struggled with. And she's been able to make those adjustments to fit her financial needs better. So keep up the great work, Julie. It's been such a pleasure having you in our community. So that is a wrap for today. And remember, join us over in the Facebook group that by searching Her Money Matters or going to jenhempill.com forward slash community. I'd love to connect with you outside of the ear or earphones that you have at, when you're tuning in, uh, listening to this or through your computer that when you're listening or maybe whatever other device you're listening um, to this podcast with. So yes, definitely head over to Facebook. I'd love to connect with you and uh, say hello and get to know you. So that is a wrap. I want to thank Valerie for joining us, sharing all that she had to share. And uh, be sure to check out the show notes and where to find Valerie at 
and more at jenhemphill.com forward slash 43. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 43. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next Thursday.